I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. Hey, everyone. So because of everybody's fantastic support, Food About Town has made it on the city newspaper's best of final ballot again. And I really appreciate everybody going on voting in the preliminaries. And I'd really appreciate it if everybody could go out onto the final ballot on the city newspaper's website and vote for Food About Town for Best Podcast. Make sure to support your favorite food and drink places and your favorite favorite establishments all over Rochester. And I'll be doing a podcast coming up next week with some of my frankly co-workers talking about what our votes for best food and drink places in Rochester should be. So stay tuned for that. And please go to the city newspaper's best of poll and vote for Food About Town for best podcast. Thanks for your support. In episode 84 of the Food About Town podcast, Casey Bowker from Rock Connoisseur, that's R-O-C-O-N-N-O-I-S-S-E-U-R, came over to the studio to talk about his video show that he's doing in Rochester. It's sort of a food and drink food and drink exploration video on the on the order of diners, drive-ins, and dives here around Rochester. He's doing that in partnership with the Rochester A-List. You can check out the videos on YouTube under Rochester A-List, or you can go to the Rock Connoisseur Facebook page and check out what he's doing there. Casey's a really interesting guy. Um, I'm sure we're going to do some more stuff because he's got some really nerdy interests that kind of cross over. Did a lot of amateur video stuff. Really, really interesting guy to talk to for a while. And uh, I'm glad we dove into a little bit uh, how he does things for the show, how he chooses the places, and I hope it's interesting for you too. So make sure to check out his videos. Again, YouTube under Rochester A-List, or you can go to the Rock Connoisseur Facebook page or rockconnoisseur.com to check out more from Casey Bowker. So, hope you enjoy. If you do, let me know on Food About Town on Facebook, at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram. And like I mentioned before, go ahead and vote for Food About Town for Best Podcast on the City Newspaper's Best Of poll. Thanks for listening. You're sitting at home and your stomach is bubbling. No food in the fridge and your hunger is growing. You hop in your car and head straight to get drive through. Murder with fries described as fast food. So part of a long week of podcast recording, um, appears to be a beautiful day in the neighborhood and I've got a guest across from me. Why don't you introduce yourself, Mr. Guest? Hi, my name is Casey Bowker from the Rock Connoisseur and it was a very lovely day today. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It. No, I mean, and, and you've got, you've got tons of, you've got way more energy than me, by the way. You know what? I'm going off of like two hours of sleep. No joke. I like that. I stayed up reading it last night. <laughs> My, my wife's in the middle of the book right now. Yeah. Um, I read it years ago. Uh, I saw it up on your shelf, and I, I was like, oh. I, I love the book. It's a great one. One of his best books. I think it's my favorite of his. 
Um, but it's yeah, it's a great read, and I'm excited to see the movie. It's very good. Is it? Yeah. It, so I watched the um, made for TV movie again. Yeah, which is I, I tried watching it. It's an abomination. It's a. I'm not going to use the word abomination. I, I'll use the word for you okay. because I I detested that. <laughs> I thought it was um, soft, you know, milk toast. I, I didn't think it was. <laughs> worth watching i mean tim curry i thought was kind of interesting but the rest of the movie was just ugh, it was just kind of miserable i think it was one of those things where you know i try to explain to my wife that escape from new york is like a fantastic movie but i grew up with it and right. it was one of those things too where i grew up with it so i just kind of like i appreciate it for what it is but when i watch the new one and i go okay this is the way it should be. This is more of the yeah. vision of the book. But I haven't read the book, uh-huh. so I'm going, I'm going in now, and uh, I, I'm I'm loving the book so far. Yeah, it's very detailed, and I think that's, I mean, that's one of the things I love about Stephen King's writing is how detailed it is. Yes, um, you really feel invested in the world, especially when there's 1,200 pages. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. writing of the world. <laughs> yep. So you feel very invested. Um, not to make this a Stephen King cast, I know. although, well, although I'd be very do happy let's to call do it that. Cast <laughs> King be, on King. I'd be very happy to do that because I love most of his books, uh, especially the modern Renaissance. I think the last four or five books he's written have been pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, why aren't you here today? Oh my gosh! So I started this uh, food and beverage show called uh, Rock Connoisseur. Okay. How, can you spell connoisseur? It's one of those words that I just don't have in my head. C-O-N-N-O-I-S-S-E-U-R. That's way more letters than I had written down. I'm a, I'm a pretty decent speller, and I, I butchered that one. I did when I first... Uh, I didn't come up with the name. I was going to say, I mean, yeah. if you're having trouble spelling it, why, why are you picking that name? I did not, but my friend uh, uh, Jackie Bader, um, she came up with it, and she... I was like, that's a fantastic name. And then came the task of me having to spell it. And now my phone luckily autocorrects it. So it doesn't take that long. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't take that long. And then then you never have to spell it ever again. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised I got it. (laughs) So, um, so I met you a few months before you were considering doing this project. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say Rock Connoisseur, I mean, you can describe it better than I can, obviously, but you're kind of doing the whole multi-platform, modern, food, drink, extravaganza thing, right? Yes. I think that's the best way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, you're, you're doing you're doing like a social media yeah. as a base, which just about everybody does nowadays. Yeah. And then you've got a YouTube-based show right now, right? Correct. And what what's the style? What, what's, what's your, what are you doing with that right now? We're... What kind of places are you going to? So I wanted to make sure that when I came up with the idea, um, I wouldn't discriminate necessarily like where we're going. As, uh, like, you know, if it's an Italian restaurant, we'll go there. If it's a plate place, we'll go there. If it's a brewery, a cidery, a winery, wherever. So we've gone to a mix of all those things. Um, just recently, you know, we did a barbecue uh, we did well. It was a summer foods episode. So we went to a barbecue place. Uh, we went to a plate place. Uh, we went to ice cream and hot dogs. So yeah, <laughs> it's a mix of everything. Yeah, kind of a lot of the standard, not not even standard, but the standard style offerings. Yes. Um, but it seems like the the places you're picking are they do have a certain uh, diversity of styles. 
Although I'd say most of them are approachable, um, approachable in nature. They're not particularly high end or correct any one specific thing. Yeah, and I I remember when you and I talked um, way back when, and it was like, where am I gonna go and what places? And at that time, I I actually hadn't even signed anybody on to yeah, because be this was show. we we had talked. Jeez, uh, we were talking to Joe Bean. We were it was probably a couple two three months before you started. Yeah. And you were going around and meeting some different people around town, which you know, I thought was I thought was a good move on your part, trying to trying to see what other people want out of this kind of thing. Yeah. And um, as per usual, I'm a pretty straightforward guy, and I you are. <laughs> I had um, I had opinions, and um, and then I thought we I thought we ended at a good place with hey you're you're doing you're doing an interesting thing you're trying to highlight some places that want uh, want to do some advertising. And I think you're. I, I saw a couple of the saw a couple of the episodes, and I was at your uh, premiere you event. Party, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, it seems like you had a lot of interesting vendors there, a lot of people who were, um, a lot of places I already enjoy, and uh, a lot of, like I said, a lot of different places. Yeah. Um, again, the I'd say the baseline is approachable for just about everybody. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. Uh, I don't mind going. You know, maybe season two we'll go to some high end places. Maybe we'll go to more of a dive, but I feel like this first season is really in between. Um, I like the word approachable. Uh, I feel that there are places that I don't think everybody has on their radar. And I still would like to continue to do that um, where I could, I could go to a Nosh, I could go to a cure, I could go to revelry, but everyone knows those places obviously. Um, And I'm sure maybe we will, but right now, you know, I wanted to go and navigate within the the realm of most of the places I hadn't even heard of. I'm not from Rochester. Um, there's some of them that I knew the owners already just through past lives. Um, but it, most of them were like, oh, OK, well, this should be interesting. And then every episode for me personally, shooting has been different. None of them have been formulaic. One, I suppose that's a good thing. You don't want to fall into a, a rut right away. Um, and it's understandable when people do when they're when you become successful. I mean, you look at uh, like diners, drive-ins, and dives being a great example. Um, not everybody's a huge fan of Guy Fieri, yeah. Um, but it's hard hard to underestimate how much impact he's had on those businesses. Yeah, and uh, he has highlighted a lot of specific businesses that people never heard of, and even in the people that live in these cities. Um, so on that front, I you know. You don't want to fall into a rut, but at some point, you know, if you if you get viewership, you kind of you kind of end up doing that eventually. Yeah, I um, think yeah, you you have to really navigate that fine line. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of tough. Um, so what are, what are some that we'll we'll pivot off the show in a few minutes? But uh, what are some of the places you've been to so far? So how many episodes are out? So far, four episodes are out. Um, five comes out. Um, on Thursday, which for when we're recording this, it'll couple, already be out. Yeah, it'll be out. <laughs> so that's coming. That'll be out uh, at least uh, last week or the week before, depending on when this actually comes out. Correct. Yeah. Um, and you're doing one a week right now. Or yep. You're doing. Nice. Yep. So ten episodes uh, every Thursday at 8 p.m. on YouTube. Nice. Yes. I'll give you a plug or no, go the, for it's it. It's probably please. the show notes. No, but go for it, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can see it. Um, it's getting hosted right now on my business partner's site, which is Rochester A List. And I mean, you can also find it on the Rock Connoisseur YouTube page. <laughs> and then, as Chris said, it's all over uh, social media. Um, 
geez, it's all over social media. <laughs> yeah, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, yes. you can find Rock Connoisseur. Absolutely. Sounds pretty good when you say it that way, doesn't it? <laughs> I like the way you say it. Yeah, you have a radio voice, so <laughs> it's it's weird. I, I never I never thought I did. And it's one of those things when you when you first start doing something like this, you listen to your voice. And you can't stand you it. You hate it, yeah. How, how is that for you? I mean, I'm, was this the first time you've been recorded when you were doing this? Uh, no, actually. So my background is in film and television production. That's what my degree's in. Okay. Um, so unfortunately, I've seen my face on screen and <laughs> behind screen many times. And yeah. I've heard my voice many times, and I still cringe every time I do. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It, it took me a while. Um but now that I, when I listen back to it, it's it doesn't seem strange to me anymore. Yeah, I only I hear I hear that it's me talking, but it doesn't bother me anymore. And I wonder if it's one of those things that it comes just with long term hearing your voice over time. I think it's just that we're always going to be our biggest critics. Oh you God, know? yeah. And you, you, I've done podcasts as well, and. I never listen to them. I never listen back to them. I might listen a little bit just to kind of um, make sure that the levels are good and that sort of thing. But watching myself like on screen, um, you know, my wife gets a kick out of it and she's like, oh, you're doing great. And I'm just like, I'm thinking in my head, uh, I could have said it this way or the shot's uh, not the one I wanted. It's and the worst. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, there was, um, I did uh, the DNC's first storytelling event. Yeah. That came out uh, earlier this year. And I remember I practiced and then I got up on stage and I know I was terrible, <laughs> but that's based on, based on how I practiced. Yeah. I didn't feel comfortable and I'm not sure it came across to the crowd, but I felt it yeah. when I was doing it. I know I didn't hit the points exactly the way I wanted to do it. Yeah. And it drove me crazy because I, I know <laughs> it could have been better. I think it's one of those things um, that I, my editor, really early on, we had a conversation because um, the first episode that I shot was at Beth the Farm Winery. Um, yeah, and, and I just I just met them. I was actually emailing with them before the event. I had no idea they were going to be there. Oh, at, la- at the launch party? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was actually meaning to go out there and meet them, and it was kind of a fortuitous circumstance for me. I'm glad I could bring that together. Say, look at that. Good job. <laughs> um, but super nice people. Nancy Tish and Kit Kolfs, um are the ones who own it out in Aurora, New York. And I was super nervous. Like, you know, I'm right beforehand. I'm like sweating. And, you know, luckily I'm at a winery, so I'm just like, can, you, can I get a glass? You know, <laughs> yeah. can I chug this? Um, but at the time, like, so, you know, we had the episode and I send it off to my editor and he sends me the first cut and I absolutely hate it. Hated <laughs> it. Hated, hated seeing me, hated seeing them. Like, I was like, this isn't what I wanted as far as, like, the vibe goes. And even my editor was like, eh, what did I sign up for? Like, this isn't what we <laughs> kind of talked about, right? And um, the one thing that he did say, though, which I think has been holding true since we've put out these episodes, is that you and I and everybody who's making creative things, you are going to be your biggest critic. But most of the time when people are watching you or listening to you, they want to be entertained and they want to, they're, they're tuning in for a reason. So even though I, you know, can pull out all the faults of the, the episode, um, people have all given me really positive responses about it. And we actually, uh, 
we intended to put it out as the first episode and we actually put it out as episode four because off of the other three previous episodes we we re-edited it and said okay this isn't as fun as the other ones and we really need to change it up and once we got comfortable with ourselves i think that fun playfulness of the of the season has really come out and you know people want to be entertained so yeah well i think i think that's your style um you know it's you've got a you've got a bigger style um certainly than i do i mean i i like to i like to joke around slaps slapping the coaster across the table (laughs) um you know i i I like joking around having a good time but i'm not a high energy broadcaster that's not what i do yeah um you know, I tend, I guess, I have more of that NPRE long form style. Um, while I mean, you're you're putting out a higher energy, um, you know, quicker style of quicker style of production. Yeah. Um, how how is that? I mean, does that have you found that it suits you so far? It is. Um, when the, when the cameras are on, I I turn on. I really do. Um, and I think again, it comes from doing like really. So I used to do really low budget horror movies. Like low budget, you know. Um, Very cool. Lots of caro syrup and red food dye and all that fun stuff. And I and I did it for years. Um, my cousin had a company um, called Warlock Home Video, and we would shoot, you know, micro budget horror movies. And Very cool. I luckily I feel more comfortable in a mask, <laughs> and as a killer or in makeup and stuff like that. I played a werewolf before. I played like a pumpkin killer. I played like different characters like not that. killer of pumpkins but a pumpkin no, that like turns a, into a killer kind of like a pumpkin headed killer guy <laughs> pumpkin headed killer guy yeah I, it probably was the title of the movie it was actually called death o lantern <laughs> oh that's fantastic i mean i i like bad horror movies this is bad <laughs> um that sounds terrible yeah um but I love that name. That's really terrible. I will bring you a copy oh, next time I see you. Oh, that you. sounds awful. Yeah, it's like like the trauma movies. I've worked with trauma in my past. Have you really? Oh, I've I've been in a trauma movie. Really? Oh, Which yeah. one? Uh, it was. Um, it's about the killer chicken. They actually shot it in Buffalo. There's where no. I lived. You were in Poultry Poultry Geist, Geist. Legend of the Chicken Dead. <laughs> yeah, you can find me in one of the background running away. Oh my god, that was it was. We watched the whole movie. Yeah. Um, my wife and I. Um, I knew it was gonna be bad. I yeah. told her it was gonna be bad. It was so unbelievably awful. Yeah. I couldn't pull my eyes away from yeah. it. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, it has to be like it's got self-aware humor because yeah. that's what they do. Yes. But it never reaches the level of humor or of horror or at anything at the same time. <laughs> or a musical. No, de- <laughs> no. But you know what? I watched the whole damn movie, <laughs> and that's fantastic. I mean, it was it was a it was an experience to yes. say the least. Uh, my former life would be its own separate podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you know, seeing yourself on screen and um, being in front of the being in front of the camera, um, you have to be on when you're in, especially if you're in a horror movie. Yeah, like they really want you to heighten up your everything um so i find that i'm not exactly myself um when i'm you know doing the show it's definitely me but even my wife is like you're not that guy all the time and i'm like of course i'm not but i want to be entertained when i watch tv and even if guy 
uh, Fieri or whatever. Like I've read stories about him. Like when he meets the people, his hair is flat. He's in like a white t-shirt and jeans, and yeah. he's like, "Hey, I'm guy," you know. Yeah. And then as soon as those cameras come on, it's that puppety oddball that we well, all as, know. As soon as the cameras come on, his hair instantaneously oh, spikes I think up. So, yeah, it's it's just his energy on camera that makes the hair spiky. Yes, and his shirt just generates flames just on it. Flames, just yeah, he's Johnny Storm. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's just his energy that makes the flames happen. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, no, it's I, I find it kind of interesting because it's I mean it's such a differing style. And I, I always like the contrast, you know, because yeah. it's, you know, there's something, there should be something for everybody when it comes to, when it comes to food, when it comes to entertainment, doesn't yeah. matter. There should be something for everybody. And um, it, I try to keep it in the back of my head that what I think is good isn't what everybody thinks is good. Right. And my opinion, although I'm right, um, <laughs> isn't what everybody else wants. I'm sure your wife agrees all the time. Of course she does. <laughs> but that's like, and I, I, I understand that. And it's like, it's, it's not, I, I, I'm not the arbiter of everybody's taste. Right. Um, I think usually my opinions are justified one way or the other. Um, but, you know, it's, that's why I kind of find it interesting that you know, you're doing a different style than me. Yeah. I think, you know what it was, is when I started this thing, um, I came up with the idea like a year ago, and um, I had a buddy in Boston who does a show called Wicked Bites, and it's a same thing. I mean, it's him, and I think there's two other hosts, and they go behind the scenes, and I said, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the... That's the uh... Was I can do this? It's the four words that get us into so much trouble. It's, yes, absolutely. like yeah. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, and Rochester, it has different ways to showcase a restaurant or a business or whatever. It's usually the DNC, um, and they put a camera on, you know, an owner, and the owner talks. Yep, that's the main way that you probably see that. <laughs> And I and you know I like I like what Tracy does when, oh, yeah. when she goes out or Tracy or Mary when they go out. Yeah. Um. Actually, Tracy's my other my last interview. This oh, really? Week. Oh, just saw her yesterday. <laughs> yep. She she's coming in this week. So. Awesome. Um, I think it'll actually be out before this one, but. Um. Yeah. I mean, in like when they do in studio interviews. Yeah. Um. I'll be talking to her to that uh, about uh, with her when she's over. Um. You know, it's a different style thing. You know, it's right. a stand up in front of a camera. And people act differently when it's in front of a camera. Yes. And when there's just a microphone in front of them. Yeah. And I and I think that when I watch stuff on a news program, even if I'm really interested in the business or the restaurant, it's usually because of what they're doing. It's mm. not necessarily them. Because when you talk to certain owners, they are so passionate usually about what they're doing that they might over-explain it or over-try to sell it to you. And it doesn't come off as genuine all the time. Interesting. So I wanted to do the hosted program because, A, there's only maybe one other person who's doing it um, in Western New York that I've seen. Uh, there's a guy uh, who does Empire Plate out in central and upstate New York near the Syracuse, Utica area. Yeah, I think I've seen a couple of his episodes. It's interesting. <laughs> oh, see, look at this. We, we're, we're throwing shade already. I haven't gotten there yet. It's... <laughs> I actually want to meet him because I'm I'm like hey, this dude like he's doing it he's, he's on doing like a lot season of three or whatever so he's I, done a lot of them yeah. yeah I'd like to talk to him but um, in, at least in Rochester they didn't have a hosted program and for me 
being a huge fan of like the Food Network and the Travel Network, I like watching these characters or whatever you want to call it, but like I like watching them take me through these journeys. And I think even though I don't like to see my face on camera all the time, <laughs> I feel that people who meet me tend to go, okay, this guy's a trustworthy guy. And if he says you should eat the garbage plate from Jimmy Z's, then I'll go try this garbage plate. Sure. <laughs> See what he says. Yeah. So how do you, how do you find the places that you go to? How, how has that experience been so far? So that is definitely the hardest part of the job because being a transplant, um, I don't know every place in Rochester. I know a lot and definitely throughout this journey, I've met so many more, but it it's just kind of um, been, okay, where have I eaten before that I really liked? That was pretty much my first, you know, order of business. And then I'm a Yelper. <laughs> hey, I, I don't, I don't throw, I don't, uh, you know, I don't question people that do that. I, yeah. That's how I started. Yeah. Uh, to be fair. I mean, I, I did a lot of reviews on Yelp before I spun off and did my own thing. Um, so I, I never disparage anybody who does it. I, I try to find the people that I think do a good job at it. Right. But... Um, I think the overall pool may have been diluted, but I think there's still great people writing. I mean, my friend Naz, um, M, they're great. They're really good. They know their stuff. Yeah. Um, hope they do great. I mean, yep. these, these people do great jobs. Um, and I think they know in many cases more than I do. Yeah. Um, so it's, I still appreciate what Yelp has to offer. I think it was more, so I, I'll be honest with you. I started Yelp. A long time ago, but then I kept it going once I came up with the idea for Rock Kind of Sword mm. because it was my way of going, okay, this guy kind of at least knows what he's talking about a little bit. But then once I started the show, I have not done a review. Hey, I get you, man. In months because I'm like, well, I'm doing a review on video. Why would I need to do a review on online as well? But so, but I went and, and kind of just went through the ratings of, okay, I'm going to go to Rochester or Fairport or whatever and okay, this has four and a half stars. Most people like it. Let me go check it out. And then it's other businesses. So um, by the time this episode comes out, it hasn't aired yet while we're talking, but Jimmy Z is my next episode. Sure. I worked with Jimmy Z before I worked in Brockport. And the guy's super, super energetic. He's a character. And I go, this guy should be on camera. And when I came up with the show, I called him up and he was, he was like, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so it was an easy sell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I find that kind of interesting, and uh, I do want to. I want to pivot back for a second. You brought up. Uh, you mentioned that you're. I mean, and I think we want to be clear about. You know, hey, you're you're not really reviewing these places when you're on there, right? It's again. I, I would consider this very similar to like the the Guy Fieri show, where you're you're highlighting places, you're showing some dishes that they do, or yeah. um, you know that kind of style. It's not. Yeah. It's not a critical review of a place no it is all positive yeah um you know people have asked me like have you ever have you eaten any food that you didn't like and if i have and i'm not going to say if i have <laughs> and i'll be quite honest with you i haven't but yeah. well it's good that's a yeah, good start it's been i wouldn't do it i would say so if some, you know i went to an italian place and the veal cutlet was horrible but like the chicken parmesan was amazing you guys got to try this chicken parmesan. I won't even talk about the veal cutlet. <laughs> yeah. Because I want people to believe, you know, believe in what I'm saying as well. And I'm a, you know, I'm an honest guy, so I'll I'll showcase what I think 
is good to my taste, just like you would when you write your reviews and you, you do your reviews, to what your tastes are. Whether yeah. people believe you or not, that's up to them, but you're sticking to who you are as a reviewer. I think it's kind of a kind of a difficult thing um, when you're when your focus is purely positive. Yeah. Um, which I understand. I mean, you're you're bringing places on, they're they're taking their time to come on and do this. So it's a different situation than doing a published review like I used right. to do. Um I think it's it's a hard balance to strike when you're when you're being purely positive because I think we're we're still at the point where I think critiquing is important in our in our region um, that we we need to highlight the great stuff and that's why you know I appreciate that that part of it yeah um, but I think when when something is hey something's fifty fifty something's hey they've got some good stuff but they need a lot of work on this other stuff or they're inconsistent yeah um, I find there's still a lot of value in putting that out there. But at the same time, I do understand that maybe your um, your venue isn't the right place to do that. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. So we're in a market right now, as you're well aware, that I don't want to use the word saturated. I don't feel necessarily like overcome with the amount of restaurants and breweries and everything that are here. It, I like the fact that there's a variety, but... It is hard to distinguish when, and I won't name names, like some certain like Mexican restaurants just opened up. Sure. And I have to go, is this the place that I should be going on a Friday night with my wife? Mm-hmm. And it seems like just because it opened, everyone's going there. It doesn't mean the food's good. It just means it's new and everyone's going there. Well, and I think that's where we are right now is new, new is what everybody wants. Correct. Because it's... Um... We we've had we've had a number of openings, but I think the the pace is the pace is speeding up a little bit. Yeah, we're getting more openings, we're getting more new stuff. I think Buffalo went through this about two years ago. Yeah, where they had this crazy pace of openings, um, you know, high end place after high end place after high end place, and I think we're we're edging towards that right now, where we're starting to get more things happening on a regular basis. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the places end up six months from now or a year from now. Yeah, there's a couple places I can think of where I'm like, are you going to sustain your business? Yeah, um, it's it's difficult. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, as you, I'm sure you've seen, we've, we've had a lot of places that popped really hard when they opened. Yep. Um, and I, I don't say one way or the other whether the places, the places are going to sustain that or not. Um, that's not really... I have no idea. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, the logic of numbers say that there's some of these places that will not maintain that pace and they won't be around three years from now. Right. I mean, it, it it's hard. There is a lot of competition. It keeps coming in every day almost, or at least once a week. It seems like there's a new restaurant somewhere in the Rochester area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we go out in the show to the Finger Lakes as well. And... I think it's how do you make yourself separate from the others, not just by the owners, not just by the clientele, but really what it all comes down to, which is what's the product that you're putting out? Because that's what's going to make you last. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think what we're going to do, we're going to take a little break. Yeah. Uh, We're going to come back and we'll probably talk some more specifics about the food scene, maybe talk about a few more places that you visited. And maybe we'll nerd out a little bit here. Okay, sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying this week's episode with Casey Bowker from Rock Connoisseur so far. 
During this break, I'd really appreciate it if you can go to the city newspaper's best of poll on the final ballot and vote for Food About Town for best podcast. You done? Have you gone there? Have you voted for Food About Town for best podcast? I'm going to give you one more break before we get back to this week's episode with Casey Bowker. You got it? Food About Town for best podcast? Good. Now back to the episode. All right, so so we're we're, we're talking Rochester subs, um, yeah, and we're back. Yes. Um, not not to make that a jarring entrance, <laughs> even though that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so we were actually we were just talking Rochester subs, and um, and I think it's one of those things we kind of take for granted that we actually have good subs here. Yeah. Um, and I say, and and when I say you know the the good style subs, generic cold cuts. Yeah. I think the what usually is the standout is the bread. Yes. The bread's usually what defines a place. Yes. Um, and then sometimes their dressings will be slightly different, but very few of these places are actually doing, if I'm being nerdy and a pain in the ass snob, yeah. none of them are actually doing anything well. <laughs> um, and I, I don't, again, I don't say that in, in a way that I dislike them. I yeah. go there and I, I enjoy them. Um, unironically enjoy them. Yeah. Because I think it's a good version of the, you know, standard sub I grew up on. Um, but. You know, I think there's there's these little things that differentiate them because in all in all, they're really not that different from one another, other than some of the breads are just god awful. <laughs> and that's the places we're gonna talk about because these are places I actually like. Okay. Um so you were talking about uh De Pisa's, which is near where you used to work downtown. Yes, on State Street. Couldn't tell you the address, but look up De Pisa's. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. And you were also just talking about another place, which is on Monroe. It is on Monroe, and it's going to kill me because it's not like the Monroe Hots, but it's something down there Hots. Okay. And um, so you got to understand that I had family who grew up in Buffalo. I went to UB. See, I, I grew up in Buffalo myself. Okay, so... Mean, this, mean Streets of Boston, New York. <laughs> yes. I, I think I remember you telling me this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and... Um, when I came up here to Rochester, I remember one of the first things I ordered was a chicken finger sub. Oh, don't know. That's a bad idea. It was a horrible idea yeah. because they gave me the sauce on the side. Oh. And I moved up here with my girlfriend at the time who was also from Buffalo. And both of us were like, what the hell, why, Rochester? <laughs> why, why are you doing this wrong? So I very rarely get subs in Rochester. Um, it's very rare because I just, like you just kind of said, it's... It's not that they're inedible, but you have a gym stakeout or almost any just like just pizza, like just random places. Um, Franco's, Bob and John's La Hacienda. Like I name you so many different places well, every, in Buffalo. Every place in Buffalo, whether it's a pizza place or whatever, they yeah. all have subs, and they're this all is true. Yeah. Every pizza place has subs, and it's weird here <laughs> that where they don't. Yeah, like here, it's like DeBella's is a sub place. In Buffalo, yeah. almost everywhere is a pizza place with subs. Yeah. Other than the very rare gym stakeout kind of place. Right. Right. So, you know, I it took me a long time, like literally years, to find subs that I would order on a consistent basis. Um, working uh, downtown, De Pizza's was one of them. I got a Cuban sub from there. I loved it, but even just like a ham or whatever is great. 
And then this, this place in Monroe, which, did you find it? South Wedge Hots and Subs. Yes. Even though they're not in South Wedge, yes. No, they're not. <laughs> not and no, they're, they're right there and just west of the intersection of Goodman and Monroe. But if you want to trust Yelp again, I think they're at like four and a half out of five stars. It does appear that they are. Yeah, they are. appear they are. They give you a lot of food, which I always appreciate as somebody who has a tapeworm in their body, I guess. <laughs> and um, they just... They're very fast. They usually have specials and their subs. They actually know how to make a chicken finger sub. Chicken finger subs is such a specific it buffalo is. thing. And when it's done poorly, I'm like, oh, really? You messed it up like that? Yeah. Like you need the bad blue cheese dressing on there. Yeah. I think it's important. Um, like I love real blue cheese. I've it's got to some- look almost blue i mean really yeah. does it kind of looks gross yeah no i've got i've got some nasty blue cheese in the fridge you know the really good stuff yes, I do. um but there's a it's a specific thing and if i'm eating if i'm eating like buffalo style pizza and i don't have blue cheese dressing to yeah. dip it in yeah i mean that's what i want i want terrible like rudy's blue cheese yeah. dressing <laughs> and that's what i want on a chicken finger sub yeah agreed. i want it to be sort of vinegary and like the the fingers need to be crunchy, but a yep. little bit absorbed with the hot sauce. Yes, the a little lettuce, soggy and crispy at the same soggy and crispy soggy. at the same time. The you know the tomatoes need to be almost wilted. <laughs> and it's weird. You're just, describing the perfect yeah buffalo chicken finger sauce. You, you still want lettuce and tomato on there, even though they just get destroyed. It's a garnish. <laughs> and it's like it's like when you go to Mighty Taco yeah. and they put lettuce and tomato on there. Yeah, there's no purpose for lettuce and tomato no, on a really on a Mighty not. Taco burrito. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's not a thing that should be on there because one, it's not food. Um, I love Mighty Taco, by the way. I love Mighty Taco in in Buffalo. I've had it here in Rochester, and it's I don't know why it's not like the same. Does it just not feel right? Like I haven't even eaten at Duff's here in Rochester. I haven't yet either because I'm like I. So I actually uh, lived. Well, at UB, especially like right around the corner from 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 the, from the proper location. Yeah. So so what? Just describe the proper. I mean, I'm sure most of the people listening to this have been there. Describe the proper location of Duff's in Buffalo. At Sheridan and Millersport. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's a it's a pretty unassuming building. It does have a big Duff's in lettering, but it's you go in and it looks like another random crappy bar. You know what I mean? A restaurant. Yeah. It looks like a family style restaurant. Right like, out of the seventies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the tile. Like there's there's they have not updated the place. Zero. No. But the fries are those thin ones and, and crispy. But they I wouldn't normally eat them outside of Duff's. Yeah. I really don't order that type of thin, you know, cr- uh crispy little fry. But the wings, you don't get anything but medium or hot or whatever above hot mm. is i would never i would never get a mild there interesting medium serious it is serious now i haven't i haven't been there in a while in a fairly long time actually yeah i think my heat tolerance has gone up over the last two or three years okay good <laughs> um i used to like medium was about as high as i'd ever go there yeah um but i think my tolerance has gone up i think i would might i might go higher if i, I went don't back i know if i could do that man <laughs> <laughs> And I do have to say, I mean, the environment there is just so perfect. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like if you go to, like, it's all booths with non-wood tops. Yeah. And it's, you know, everything's just a mess. It's, you know, it's <laughs> like you feel like they haven't mopped the floors in X <laughs> amount of years. That's true. It feels like the floors are slick. 
and it, you know it feels right. But it's like if you went to like Tahoe's here and they polished the place up. Yeah. Or if you were like Steve T's and they polished it. It's not. The other locations of Duff's are much nicer. Yeah. I mean, they're like sports bars. And I probably wouldn't be able to deal with it. No, they're, know, they're nice. The they're sports bars. There's TVs. Okay. Like you go to Duff's, there's no TVs. Oh, right. Sorry. You, yes. The, the traditional location. Yeah, yeah. There's no TVs. I mean, there's there's one at the bar. And the whole yeah. dining room, there's no TVs. Yeah. There's wings in checkerboard bowls. Yes. And there's fries. And anybody that orders anything else really shouldn't be there. And beer. There's a lot there, of beer. There is. <laughs> and there's a Duff's beer, which I'm sure is... It's made from CV. Is it? Yeah. Is it really? I didn't know that. I know quite a bit about CV after we did an episode on them. <laughs> How a, was that, by the way? Because they're, they're, they're a controversial place here in Rochester in the beer nerd scene. Yes. So, which is actually very interesting to me so one thing i didn't know about cb i knew a little bit i knew that three heads brewed their beers originally at cb for a long and, time they did yeah. yes and that's how they got their start is mm-hmm. they made their recipes which are all hops and then branched out and, and did their own thing now so they do that um they have two different types and i'm gonna screw it up um there's contract beers which is something like a duff's um, Hogan's Hideaway, the new Hogan's Hideaway, they say, we need a beer. We yep. need a house beer. We can call it Hogan's Hideaway, lager, whatever. And um, that's how they do it. So the Duff's beer, it, and you will get this, taste like it just goes with those wings. Yes. It was so crazy. Like I took it out of the out of the tap there in the you know in the brewery area um, of CB, and I it brought me back to Buffalo, and I was like, holy shit. Crap. Can we swear? Of I'm course just, you I'll can. I'll say crap. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> so, Please do. I don't care. <laughs> um, it was just fantastic. So they, they do that, and then they also do um, something more along the lines of like a... So that's their contract beers are for individual restaurants. Yep. Um, or private label. And then... Or no, so it's contract and then private label. I think private, private labels probably... Sorry, it's like the three heads or like an actual brewery where they're doing their beer for them. Yeah. There. Yeah, and it's 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 definitely a different thing because usually when it's a when it's a brewery, it's the brewery's recipes. Right. Um they just happen to be doing it there. Um I think that's what's contract brewing and then the private labels usually what they'll do when say, Hey, we need something. Yeah. And there's a hot sauce guy locally that does the same thing. Like he's got he's got customers where he deals with that they want a private label. Yeah. And it's not their recipe. He just makes a hot gets a hot sauce for them that is proper and it's labeled for their business well cb will actually change the recipe okay like you're not gonna find a caged alpha monkey at duff's and you're not even gonna find a duff's lager that's a caged alpha you know that was the caged alpha monkey they just slapped a different label on right it. right what they do is they actually either if it's a brewer they usually have their own ideas about what kind of recipe they want of course and even if they don't know the recipe themselves they'll say we want something that tastes along these lines and then cb goes okay we'll give you this you try it and okay that's good and then these other places like the hogans they say we need a a lager a porter stout whatever and they just will make it from scratch sure so cb never does just re label one of their regular beers oh that's um, cool which I actually think is really cool. And their ties in Rochester and Buffalo are so deep over the last 20 years that there is almost hardly any bar or restaurant that hasn't touched CB. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of insane. Once I learned a little bit more in there, I was like, holy cow, you guys really have worked with everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're a big name, and that's, you know, whenever you're a big name, there's always people that have opinions about what you do. Yeah, of course. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're great, whether you're terrible. Yeah. Um, if you're big, people will have thoughts. Yeah. You can't get away from that. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, let, let's let's talk about a couple couple other of the places you've been to yeah. this season, because I, I, you have been to some cool places. Yeah. So the first episode um, that premiered, we went to Portico. Um, in the Del Lago Casino. Del Lago Casino out towards Syracuse. Not quite to Syracuse though. It's in between, so it's in Waterloo. Um, so it's in you know it's right past that Geneva exit. So you're not quite to Syracuse because Syracuse technically kind of has like Turning Stone as their casino. Yeah, and it's it's right off the ninety too. Yes, it's really easy. It's to get really to. not that far away. Yeah. Um, I was just in Olean, which is where my hometown is, and it took me two hours to get there from Olean. Okay. I go, okay. You know, I don't have to go to Buffalo. I don't have to go to Niagara or whatever. So um, Fabio Viviani, he's a top chef contestant and winner of Cutthroat, I- or Cutthroat Island. Cutthroat Kitchen. That'd Cut- be a better thing. Cutthroat <laughs> Island with Gina Davis and Cut Carrie Yulways. <laughs> um, that's another podcast by itself. But <laughs> anyway, uh, bad Rennie Harlan movies. So it's... Um, it's an Italian restaurant that he opened. I think he has another 15 restaurants, and I've been there three times now. Fantastic. Every single time. Very good. Very consistently good. I think that's why I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's an interesting spot. I've, um, I went to... It's weird. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when you go to these... And I'm not. I'm not priming you for like. Like, hey, I'm gonna slam the place. Um, I was although, waiting for it. Although it sounds I like think, it. I, well, I didn't think you were gonna slam it. It kind of <laughs> sounded like it. I understand. I was setting it up. Um, but every so often, you get to you get invited. Um, again, it's not a brand new thing. You get invited to some of these preview events for yeah. for new places that open. And I think sometimes with those, when you go to those things, you have a certain expectation for what the actual place is going to be. Right. And. I, I think sometimes they're setting themselves up for a bit of a letdown when you go out there for for the first time, because uh, I went to the preview event and I, yeah. I was I was thrilled. I thought everything was pretty fantastic. Yeah, uh, you know, but I think in reality it was they were a bit over the top. They didn't really just serve a dish they were going to serve in the restaurant. Okay, I think they dialed it up a bit. Yeah, um, which you know I get if they want to get some press, they want to get some hype. Yeah. I understand that. I don't necessarily even fault them for it. But when I go and I order a dish that I had there and I get something that's almost like diametrically opposite of what <laughs> I had, and I don't even say that the one I had was bad. Yeah. I don't think it was. But because in my head the expectations had been set at right. a specific level of execution, um, I was surprised when I tasted it that it didn't it didn't match up to what I had at the preview. Event. Right. Um, and I think it's something that, um, when places do these kind of things, when they bring people in, I think you're almost always better off serving the dishes you're going to serve in the restaurant. Um, and don't try and just butter up the people who you're serving. Just really, really show what you're doing. And if it's great, make it make your regular dish great too. Don't just make me... I mean, I shouldn't I shouldn't get a different experience right. than the next guy that shows up. I I will agree with that. Um, I haven't. Ha- I didn't have that experience, so I went for. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. So in the episode, <laughs> we went to you know Fabio's making the dish, and 
we're having a, a rigatoni carbonara in yeah, a jar. In the jar, yeah. It's a, it's a great presentation. Yes, exactly. And um, it was fantastic. And then I, I went to like a brunch. They have a brunch there, and the brunch is very good. And then I was just there the other day, and we had... Um, it was just like a mix. It was just like there was meatballs, there was uh, oraketa, like there was just a bunch of different stuff, and it was fantastic. But to your point, you go and see Star Wars Episode Three with a crowd, mm-hmm. and it's the last Star Wars that you think that you're ever going to see in your life at that time. And you're at midnight, and everyone's dressed up, and you're a huge Star Wars fan, and this is the this is it, this is the end. And you and your head go, oh my gosh, and you're filled with emotions, and you cry when Anakin gets cut apart. Right, and the movie the chosen one, and the all movie that. ends, and you go, no, exactly, yes, just like Vader. <laughs> and then you, you know, six months later, it comes out on DVD, and you watch it at home, and you go, what the hell? Yeah. This isn't the same movie that I watched with a crowd who was enthusiastic and, and you have that energy and that buzz. And like if Fabio is out there and he says, this is my rigatoni carbonara, taste it. Yeah. Fabio, oh my God, this is the greatest dish I've ever had. I mean, what a great accent you have. <laughs> yes, yes. And to the point, I had a great dish and I've had great dishes there. So, so far, my experience has only been good things. Good, I'm glad to hear that. I completely agree that just like Star Wars, you can get caught up in that and there is that extra level of like buzz and this is they're making it for you yeah. and you're an influencer or you're gonna you know what I mean, whatever the case may be. Which I, I, again I don't say that to, to brag about it. Right. It's just I think and then it happens I think it's a great example. I think Star Wars is a great example. Um Snakes on a Plane was a great example. Oh my god. But that was just great marketing. <laughs> it was, but I went. Yeah. I went I it was too. opening weekend. Yeah. I went with my buddy and he needed it so bad at the time to go see that movie. Yeah. Um, oh. Oh, look at that. Bless you. All right, that was good. <laughs> I feel better. Um, but like he needed to go see that movie that day. Yeah. And it was so perfect <laughs> because he needed to see that movie that night. Yeah. And it had been hyped up so much, and it was perfect. There couldn't have been a there was I've been to very few movies that had better crowds than that movie right. had that night. Yes. Yes. And I'm and again I I think. It's, it was an example. I've been to plenty of places where I went, you know, first week, mm-hmm. and I thought they were just killing it. Yeah. And then I go back six months later, and I'm like, oh, I thought they were killing it when they opened, and now they've they've either, you know, they've catered to a different audience. Yep. Um, I've seen that at many places. Yes. And it kind of, um, like I use that as an example, you know, the media thing, but that's happened lots of times. Yeah. Where I thought when they opened, they had this idea, they had this vision. And then they're like, "Oh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna soften that. We're not gonna do it the way we want to do it. We're gonna do what everybody else wants." Those are the places that end up bugging me more than the places that are good to average always when they start and when they finish. Right, and I and I think consistency is key, and I think that's what equals sustainability. Yeah. Um. I've you know I've gone to Atlas Eats many times. I have never had a bad meal at Atlas Eats. I mean, Never. the worst the worst thing I've ever had there was average, and probably better than some other places <laughs> that you've gone. Yeah, the worst. I think the worst things I've ever had there were okay. Right. Um, and that's like that's really saying something. I've eaten there a fair amount. Yes. Um, there's times I haven't been blown away. Yeah. Um, there's times where oh, geez, I would have seasoned this a lot better. <laughs> um, because you know places have their own style. And yeah. I think sometimes they underseason things, not in the dinners as much, but maybe the lunches. But I, you know, I, I still think their execution level is 
like very, very rarely does it get to that level where it's okay. Yeah. And everything else has been like good to really good. Yeah. And that's, that's impressive for how long they've been open exactly. and how, how exactly. diverse that place is. And I, I think what happens is with some of these new places is that, j- just like you said, they put on a, a really great show at first and they bring out everything. And, you know, I've been in the restaurant business and like the management business um, in my past. And I think what happens is then when you start looking at the hard numbers and you go, whew, do I really need this many employees? And, mm-hmm. oh, man, winter's coming up, and, like, that's going to cost this much, and holy cow, why did we spend so much on avocado? You know what I mean? Like, And then you start breaking it down, and then and then you, you cut corners. And it's like you have to have a vision when you open up a restaurant or any business, really, and say, where am I in six months, one year, three years, five years, and what am I, you know, what is my level of presentation at that time? Because that's really how what's going to sustain this business. Not the, the oh, all the influencers come and they all blog about it and it's fantastic. Yeah, that's going to last you about three to six months. But after that, are they coming back again and are they still talking about it? Now, when there's a new place with a better Instagram model. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's unfortunate. Well, he's the got case. the better hashtag. Yeah, exactly. Point. Um, what, what, what were you doing in the restaurant business? I'm not sure we talked about that before. No, I mean, I worked at Subway and oh, I worked cool. at other restaurants. Yeah, but that's, that's, but it's, it's an experience and it gives you a different perspective on things. Yeah. I've never worked in the, in any part of the restaurant business. It's so when I was at college, um, that's where I started. I started at Subway and I worked my way up from grunt or sorry, sandwich artist. We were st- a starving sandwich artist. Yeah, starving sandwich artist up to the up to the manager and then the general manager and the district manager and whatever. So seeing seeing that, I mean, Subway is a little bit different. It's a huge corporation. You have tons of red tape. If you even as a franchisee owner go, I want to change that. You can't. What are yeah. you doing? Shut up. There's a national market that says everything's five dollar full. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you don't get a lot of creativity in what you're doing, but um. Seeing that side and knowing what it's like to look at the cost of a banana pepper, literally, and how they only put six banana peppers on a Subway sub. And then, you know what I mean? You get, you get those ideas of, oh, my gosh, all these pennies and nickels and dimes and um, Muller's over here in Rochester, for example. Um, I know the owners very well. We all started day one together. So I got to see a lot more behind the scenes things than I probably should have as an employee. But me and the owner had worked together in the in the past. So you look at those things and you have to grow as a business. You have to constantly change. And if you're not changing, you're dying. And I think that's an interesting case, yeah. Muller's itself, because, I mean, they had a lot of hype when they opened. Yes. Um, and it's such a specific concept. Oh, it's so niche. And I yeah. don't say that in a bad way. I mean, I really enjoy cider. I think it's a great thing to be focusing on. Um but it's tough. You're a niche. You're a niche product, and you need to constantly be getting your name out there. Yes, Mother's does a good job in the fact that the only other cider bar in New York State is in New York City, uh, and also the place in the Finger Lakes that focus uh, the FLX Cider House. But do they make their own cider? They do. Correct. This is the only cider bar. Oh, just pure cider. Just bar. pure bar. Okay. Gotcha. Outside of New York City. So they don't have any competition other than this place, <laughs> fairly. But um, where if you are somebody who's gluten-free, and obviously it's all the rage, it's fine. Absolutely. Right? Um, you're seeking out 
this cider. And New York State is known for their apples, probably more as far as like produce goes, more than anything else that we do here. So they're really lucky in that where even though they started out with a hype level, I don't know, up at a 10, and maybe now they're down at a 7, but they've been at a 7 consistently. Yeah. So that maybe they don't have that same hype, but you know what you're getting in the in the clientele that they cater to are those specific people who have money, usually don't drink beer, which is sad in in this area. <laughs> and they you know what I mean, but like there's a place that you can go to and and that's what you're doing. Yeah, and yeah. I I think the the thing they I think they've improved on. I don't think it's quite there. Uh, the environment, I think, has gotten better. It has gotten better. I've I've been through the changes, and at first it goes, "What do you guys want to do with this place? Like, what what what's the vibe when you walk into Muller's?" Yeah, and it's weird. Like, I I usually don't care about the decor that much. If the food or the drinks awesome, I don't care that much. Yeah. I walked in there for the first time, and I, I say this, you know, affectionately. I think they're doing a good job. Um, I, I, it had like a negative atmosphere because it had no feel whatsoever. And it was almost a negative feel because of how expansive the place felt, even though it's not that big a place. I mean, the, the ceilings are so massively It felt, it felt empty Mm -hmm. in a weird way that you don't want a place to feel. I completely agree with that sentiment and Pat and Sam, you know that I feel this way. So (laughs) yeah, no, and that's like, I don't, I don't say that. I say it's a tough space to make work mm-hmm. with, you know, 15, 20 foot ceilings. But they've gotten, they definitely have gotten better at, at making that, that big feeling get a little bit more intimate. Yeah. Cause it's God. that, it should, yeah. it's got that feel. It needs yeah. to be an intimate place because yes. that's the style it is. It's not a, this is not an industrial club. Correct. It's a, it's a hang place. Yeah. So, you know, you're drinking these ciders. And because you're not getting cider at every place you go to, or you're getting like a Mackenzie's or a uh, Angry Orchard or something like that, yeah, like, Mother's has over a hundred different varieties from in the entire world. So you're drinking ciders that you're never going to get anyplace else. So you want to stay there for a while because I'm like I'm going to France, Spain, Ireland, Scotland all today. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Um, so what you said you're a recent transplant to Rochester, um. What are your, I mean, regardless of places you've hit on the show, what what are your favorite places that so far you just can't help but not go back to? You can't help but go back to. So not even on the show, Jim, uh, James Brown Place. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. Like, that is the place, if I can take place, uh, you know, go on brunch, that is the place that I go to. Um, I go to Sushi. I go to Taka House. Um, that's over here in Webster. I go to Tie Me Up in Arondequoy for Thai food. Love that place. Love it. Though I have just discovered, thanks to Sriracha, um, Saks Thai. Saks is great out in, um, I don't even it's know in, where to call it. It's like Fairport Penfield. It is, yeah. So if you're a Rochester person listening to the episode, um, right before you go to Lollipop, same road. Yeah, it's, um, they're, they're kind of the two... They're kind of the two places where I I would consistently go. Yeah, it's just time me up is on the way home from work, so I same for my wife. That's where I tell her to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also for sushi out here in our area, uh, since we're both in and around the uh, northeast of the city, um, I tell you to go to Bento Ya over on Empire, which I think I think's the unknown sushi place in Rochester right now. I do. I so it's weird. So we do go to Bento Ya a lot. 
but we end up going to it's i don't know what it is bento for us like makes like good for me and my wife sure we'll order from taka house when it's like a bunch of people interesting yeah like when there's a bunch of people i feel like they just give you more interesting but as far as flavor goes like bento yeah, i mean it's fantastic so and uh you know my plates over here charlie's all day i love charlie's love, the one love, in the love. way on the way to pittsburgh Pittsburgh. No, Charlie's right over on Empire. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know I know what you're talking Charlie about. Riddell's. I would never think of going there. Oh my gosh. If you want a garbage plate, okay. They have so Jimmy Z's in my episode, and if you're out in the Brockport area or even around that area, Chile, whatever, go to Jimmy Z's. Sure. Please. But if you're out here in Webster, Rondacoy, whatever, Charlie's has spicy. Way spicier than any other place that I've gone to. Interesting. And that's why I like it. And what I'll do is a lot of times I'll make my own garbage plate for like family when they're like, what's a garbage plate? I'll make it for them. But I always buy my meat sauce from Charlie's. Interesting. Um, And then, you know, I like uh, Dogtown makes fantastic plates. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I think they're kind of the gold standard right now yeah. for, and people disagree because it's not technically hot sauce or blah, blah, blah. But I think they're, I think it is the, I think it's a gold standard for the, um, I wouldn't call it the non-traditional plate. Right. Yeah, I you know, agree the, with that. You know, the, the classic Hots Place plate. Yeah, like some people are going to call Bill Gray's and um, what's his name? Zimmerman from the Food Network went to Buffalo and got that Bill Gray's plate. And everyone sure. in Rochester was like, what are you doing? Yeah, and I love Andrew Zimmerman. Yeah, Andrew. And, yeah. Andrew Zimmerman is one of my favorite people on TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I we're, we're going to get distracted here for a second. Yeah, I want to do this because so, we haven't done it. Should we yeah. clink? I think we it's should. Clink, right? So. Oh, Hope yeah. Heard that. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. So um, before the episode, um, we were looking at my, my uh, liquor cabinet over here. And uh, Casey had uh, saw that I had a bottle of Whistle Pig sitting in here. I geeked out over it. And I appreciate that. <laughs> um, he said he never had it before, so we poured a little bit. And it's been sitting in front of us the whole time. Yeah. Uh, he was nice enough to bring some uh, stone bourbon uh, stout. Woot stout. Which I thought was actually pretty good. Yeah. And this has been sitting in front of us the whole time, and I figured we would uh, enjoy it. And now that we're towards the end of the podcast, let's take a sip and <laughs> see what you think. It. Let's do it. Oh man, that is smooth. It's big. It's got some fire because it's a hundred proof. Ooh. So it's uh, Whistle Pig. If you haven't had it, which you know, it depends you on. Probably if, haven't. Yeah, it's uh, it's delightful. It's out of Vermont. Um, it is ten uh, year age, hundred uh, percent rye, hundred proof. That's their that's their gimmick. Hundred hundred. Yep, ten hundred hundred. Um, and this is worth the wait. I really love this. It's big <laughs> and it's definitely rye. There's no getting around it. Oh, it's yeah. got a, It's got a noted spice to it. Yep. It's got a hair of the fire from the hundred proof, but that middle is so in there. It's so rich Oof. and complicated, and it's not. You know, like I don't dislike bourbon. Yeah. But bourbon's just vanilla on top of caramel on top of everything. Right. Right. This has that has that spice to it that I think makes it. Where you know you want to go back for that next sip and the next sip. I'm glad that we got distracted by this <laughs> this glass mm. of whistle pig. Mm. It's so good. Yeah, and you get a little bit of that fruit in there. Yeah, but man, 
it, it's fantastic. I'm glad. I'm glad you got to try it here today. I'm really thank you. I can't even. I don't even know how I'm going to repay you. I owe you like five <laughs> more of these woos. So I'll, I'll mix it up next time. Yeah. Well. Anyways, I, th- I think we're going to stop for today, and I, I'm, I'm glad you stopped over. I'm glad we were able to talk through what you're working on. Yeah. Uh, why don't you throw out some plugs again for where where you can ever, people can find your stuff, people can find you on social media, etc. So even though you're not going to be able to spell it, if you look up Rock Connoisseur, <laughs> which is Connoisseur <laughs> with R-O in front of it, um, it's going to be everywhere. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube as well. More interactive on Instagram and, and Facebook than anything. And the new episodes air every Thursday at 8 p.m. Um, by the time this episode airs, I think we're going to be on 6 or Five 7. Five or 6, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, check us out, comment, and talk to me, and throw suggestions in my way, because honestly, being a transplant from Rochester, I don't know where to go for season two. Cool. I got a lot of play- people who have watched the episodes are like, you got to go here. So I'll go there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so, and if you enjoyed this uh and uh, you take a look at that. Let me know what you think about what, what Casey's doing yeah. or what I'm doing here. And that's Food About Town on Facebook, at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram. Casey, thanks so much for coming over, man. Thank you for having me. That's and awesome. I think I think what we'll do another time is we'll have you over and we won't talk about food or projects <laughs> at all. And we're just going to do nerd topics because I know... I know we can do that. For I an have hour. quite. How long do you have to record? Oh, we're we're, we're going to come. We're going to have you over again, and we're not going to talk food or drink at all. And we're just going to do that. <laughs> Good luck. Okay. And it's going to be great. All right. <laughs>